Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Writer's Tribe Talk Show. I am so glad you're here with us, and I'm especially glad, glad that my guest is here with me today. She is Mary Carol Moore. She is an award-winning, best-selling author, and we are going to talk to her right after this. Mary Carol Moore, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you today? I'm great, and I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Elsa. Absolutely. Listen, I actually, um, I feel like I want to say your full name every time because it's such a great name. It's such thank a gorgeous you. flow. <laughs> if you grew up in the South, you'll call me Mary Carol, but that's actually not my name. That's Mary. So here we that's are. Funny. That's funny. I love it. So uh, as I mentioned in the opening, you are a... a an award-winning author. You're a best-selling author. You have written uh, oh, 14 books, correct? Yes. Very awesome. prolific. I Thanks. love it. Three different genres. Yes. Um, we'll, we're going to be talking about your your brand new book, guys. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Um, I want to ask first, do you have a favorite genre to write in or do you love them, love them all equal? I love fiction. You I do. And I, it's such a relief after years of being a food journalist. I was a LA Times syndicated food journalist. And I, oh, you know, I always smelled like garlic. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved food writing for a long, long time, a good career of it. Now I am happily in the imaginary worlds of fiction. It's yeah, fiction is a blast isn't it? because you get to create. You just get to be so creative and create this whole universe of your own design. And uh, yeah, that's that's powerful. I love it too. Um, so your latest book is uh, fiction. You just released it in October. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. And it is, and I want to make sure I get the title right because it's such a cool title, A Woman's Guide to Search and Rescue, a yes. novel. Yes. So we, let's let's um, let's go right into that. I want to show everybody the picture first. Here is here is the picture, uh, A Woman's Guide to Search and Rescue, a novel. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the the background of this book. So I do know I did a little bit of cheating, or I like to call it prep. And I, I do know that your inspiration for at least one of the characters in there is your mom. So I would love to hear the background of this. Well, my mom was a pilot. Um, she is very competitive. And her older brother was a pilot um, entering World War II. And she went up to my grandfather and said, I'm getting lessons too. And so she took her lessons alongside him and got her commercial license in, I think, 1942. She was only 22 years old. And she became, um, she applied for the Women's Air Force Service Pilots Program, which was very competitive. They had 20,000 women apply and she applied twice and got accepted and only a thousand got in. And then she flew with them for two years and transported um, bombers and ferried planes and did training exercises so that the military could free up the men to go overseas. 
And then after that, after the war, she was a commercial pilot for a while. And then she had my older sister and decided to stop flying. But she'd always been this mystery to me. I, I couldn't believe I grew up with this mother. You know, my friends would say, what did your father do? And I'd say, my mom's a pilot, <laughs> you know. So um, yes. I grew up with this mother with a leg, this leggy, uh, legend mother. And I always wanted to know more about her. So I wrote the book to kind of solve the mystery for myself. I love that. That is so cool. And what what an amazing role model, model to have and, and figure to look up to. I mean, everything about that story is really exceptional. That was, you said 1942? Mm -hmm. that she, I mean, that was not... A, yeah, not a common path for for women uh, at all at that time. So that that alone is so exceptional. Um, has she since passed? She has, but before she okay. passed, she got yeah. interviewed by the Library of Congress, and she got her Congressional Medal for being military. Finally, you know they did they weren't military for the whole program, and they finally got their military, um, whatever you call it, acknowledgement. Yeah, sure. Her, you know, so to to be able to. Um, consider that her service to her country had been really a good thing and, and acknowledged by the government was a big deal. So, you know, she was just an amazing person. And the fact that she could put away something like flying for two years when she was 22 and not talk about it very much with the family, you know, she moved on to being a mother and, and raising kids and being a full-time worker too. And, you know, mm -hmm. I just couldn't believe how anybody could do that. So I took flying lessons to find out when I was doing wow. research, yeah, I needed to know what it was like to sit in the pilot seat, you know, as a woman in the pilot seat of a plane and, and see what it felt like and, and what my mom, what it did to my mom. So that was, then my characters became pilots and that was the, that's the story. I love it. That is so, so cool. And, and that's funny because one of my questions for you is, was about your research for your characters, because this is a, it's a unique uh, character arc, really. It's a unique character job. You know, everybody else is, they're always writers. They're always executives. They're always, you know, this is, this is different. This is really different and unique, which, you know, if you don't have any kind of background on that, the, like, you know, like you said, the, uh, the research for that is, uh, the hands-on part of it is a little bit different than going to visit an island somewhere. <laughs> so oh. did you love flying? I loved it. I loved it. And I thought, oh, you know, this is just my mom would occasionally talk about the risk she took and the landing dead stick with her engine on fire at LaGuardia, things like that. You know, I mean, really. Wow buzzing my grandfather's house when she and my dad were dating and he kept trying to turn the radio to the jazz station and she wanted to talk to the tower. And, you know, we grew up with these stories, but we did right. we knew the woman behind them. So sitting in that pilot seat really gave me a feeling. And I also had to research search and rescue because mm. one of the characters is a search and rescue pilot. And so I, I was lucky enough to um, have a, student, a writing student who was a search and rescue ground worker in California. And she got me in touch with the team there. And I corresponded with them and sent them scenes. And I said, well, would this be a scene that would be believable? And the person wrote back, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> here's what would really happen. And so I got to learn um, without actually having to be in a search and rescue operation mm -hmm. myself, I got to learn. And my biggest compliment was a search and rescue pilot 
wrote me after he read the book and he said, this is totally accurate. So I thought, oh, <laughs> you know. Yes. And as, as we well know, as, as authors, we well know that your readers will absolutely call you out if something isn't accurate. And, and that's an awful feeling, you know, because you really try and you want to, to do your best to tell the story with as much, you know, it's, and it's almost funny in a way you're telling a fiction story with as much reality as you possibly can, you know, so to make it relatable, of course. So that is, that is high compliment uh -huh. indeed. Absolutely. Because I really oh. don't mess up on those technical details. It it blows the book apart. You know, you have to have sure. the flying accurate. She crash lands in the beginning scene and I had to have her walk away and have the plane explode. And, you know, how do you do that? So again, I tapped into my students, one of whom was a flying instructor. So she and her cohorts helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. I was very lucky. I, I don't know. I, I took some risk going into that kind of scene. I could have just like you said, stayed with somebody that was a writer or a business professional, but <laughs> I had another mission with this book. You know, funny though, I think what's especially cool about that too, is that I think, you know, and I hate to put all the stereotypical things, but they are, they are what they are. Um, I, I think that probably makes the book appealing to men oh. as well as women. Cause we always think that, you know, certain genres are, are aimed towards certain, you know, groups, um, but that widens your your audience perspective right there because men, you know, not to say, you know, you have to give disclaimers on everything you say. <laughs> uh, there, of course, women love action and adventure and all of the things, but that is typically men really love that, especially. So I, I think that's great that that it opens the, your your book is open to such a wide audience, and and that's fantastic. And hard to do, yeah, really. It is. And I didn't expect men to like it. I, I actually felt like it was women's fiction. It's about two sure. strange sisters reuniting. And, you know, but I've gotten tons of compliments. I mean, tons, like maybe a dozen or more compliments from ma male readers who said, this was great. You know, and I thought, oh, it, you know, it makes me feel like I've crossed boundaries. I've, yes. I've opened this, like you said, opened the field up that men can read this and feel involved in the action and adventure and even in right. the relationships. So mm -hmm. good. And, and speaking of your two female characters, they're, they're so different and so intriguing, so intriguingly different. Uh, your, your main character, I don't know if it's correct me if it's not really fair to call her the main character. Um, but you know, I guess she is your protagonist. Her, she is a, uh, famous, uh, musician. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Indie okay. cult musician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, She's got a uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that's cool in itself. The storyline is just so fascinating to me. And and I personally thought so brilliant. And it is at the very top of my to be read list. You know the to be read list. You know how you know how long they are. <laughs> so when you start shuffling them around, um, don't tell any of the other people that are I won't. <laughs> I'm I feel very flattered. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love I, I thought the storyline just sounds absolutely fascinating and, and, uh, just such a fun, great read. And, and, uh, I did, I took a peek on Amazon and saw those Amazon reviews, um, all five-star reviews, and there's quite a lot of them. So there is a very good consensus that this was a really well-written book. So, uh, you have every right to be proud of that book, baby of yours. I'm amazed. I, you know, I've done 14 of these and this is the first one that's really had jet fuel. I mean, not to use a 
buying metaphor, but really all the other ones were slow burners. They've lasted a long time. They've done well, but this one took off and, and pre-orders put it in the Amazon bestseller category. So I, my friend wrote me, she said, you're a hot new release. I said, what's that? <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm kind of humbled by it all. And I'm just delighted that readers are getting so much out of it and they're passing it to friends and talking about it. So this is, this is like a dream come true after after all these books. <laughs> sure. Oh, absolutely. I totally understand that. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's one of those books and, and I want to, I'm putting the words out into the universe that boy, I would love to see this as a movie. I think it would yeah. make an amazing, wonderful movie. So if this gets into the right line of sight or, or ears of, of somebody in that lane, I would love to see that happen for you. That would be so, so cool and probably terrifying, right? I mean, it's, it's so hard, all of it, you know, when you're starting to relinquish par, uh, control of parts of, of your work, you know, it's probably a little daunting, but, uh, but, you know, you still ultimately hold the control. So fingers crossed for something like that to happen for you. (laughs) Um, Tell me a little bit more about your other books too. Um, Mm -hmm. You, so there's 14 books. There's a lot, three different genres. Uh, Tell me a little, a little bit, if you can, I know I won't make you go into like each one, but kind of your, your, your arc of what you started with. Okay. Well, I lived in France when I was in college, and I just loved it. And I, I come from a foodie family. My, my parents were really into food. My father traveled a lot, and we, we, li- we lived well with food, at least. And um, when I came back from France, I got really interested in, in teaching cooking. So I got a, a job teaching French cooking, and I got li- enlisted to write a column for a local magazine in Arizona. And that became a cookbook. And that became a cooking school in the Bay Area. And that became uh, more cookbooks, one of which was a a Julia Child Award winner. Again, I'm so naive about things that it won this award and I got an invitation to the ceremony and I didn't go, you know, I didn't know what it it was about. So now I know, you know, people are celebrities in the chef world now. So then that the LA Times, um, I got me um, interested they got interested in my, my writing. So I contracted with them to do um, a weekly column with the syndicate, LA Times syndicate. So it was in 86 papers around the U S and Canada. That was really fun. I did that for 12 years. And then I moved into um, more self-help. I wrote a book about change and how to handle change. And then I decided I really wanted fiction. So I went back to school, believe it or not at age 50 to get my and then I, I my first novel was published in 2009 and it got nominated for Penn Faulkner so you know it's been a nice road as a as a writer and I couldn't believe that I left my career in food writing which was very lucrative and very yeah. you know I was like on top of the heap at that point and went into fiction I just gave it all up because I knew wow. that I needed to do something I was at that point in my life where I had to make some decisions like is this all I'm going to do? And no, I really want to write fiction and I have no clue as to how to do it. So <laughs> that's, I, I had to go back to school. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I love that. I love, well, first of all, I love, I love the risk taking of it. Mm-hmm. Go, moving from something that is secure and solid and known uh, and deciding 
And like you said, I'm I'm in my 50s and, you know, I was a late bloomer in doing all of this type of stuff. And, uh, you know, it is it's it's a leap of faith. It's a leap of courage and uh, and you don't know where the road's going to take you. And I, and I love that you had so much wonderful validation for those steps along the way, because, you know, so many people don't get the overt um, validation that that you kind of need to keep going forward with it. So uh, what a testament to your your talent. That's very, very cool. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I, I feel like I'm more, more stubborn than talented, Elsa. I, I just... <laughs> I hate to give up stuff. I think I inherited that from my mom. You know, I just am like a little bulldog. And if I'm trying something, I'm going to do it. And that kept me going versus talent. I think I got better at writing along the way, but thank you. Sure. You're very welcome. That's wonderful. Uh, are you working on anything right now? Or are you in a pause? You're working. <laughs> I have another book coming out in the spring. I don't know. Very These exciting. are too fast, a little too fast for me, but um they're they were both ready, so we staggered them. And the next one is out in April, and that takes place on a Caribbean island. And it's about mm. a gambling tournament that a woman gets drawn into against her will, and the trouble that comes from that. So wow. I'm not a gambler. Have, I was going to say, did you get to have some fun research for that? Oh, <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, I had mostly um, friends that I talked to, and I'm not in that world at all. But it it would have been fun if I had gotten into it, I guess, but I didn't. And yeah. this is, um, this is a completely different book than the one I just wrote, but I, I love it. And I, my agent says it's my best one. So I hope that people like it. That is wonderful. Did you have any trouble um, changing gears from one set of characters to a whole new set? Did, I mean, like, do you, did you have any kind of process or do anything uh, at all to kind of purge them to be able to move on to the next one? Or were you able to just move into the next, next it was life? Hard. No, it's hard. Yeah. Um, so while my book, I, I got advice from a really good friend who said, while your book's with your agent, she was a hands-on agent. And she's really into the editing thing. So I knew it would take her a while. She's slow. So she's good mm -hmm. and slow. And so I thought, what am I going to do? I'm going to go crazy and not bugging her, you know? And so I thought, okay, I'm going to start another book. I had an idea. And so I, I'm, I deliberately divorced myself from the book that she had and worked on this other one, which was kind of a fun uh, Caribbean island, you know, little vacation. And there's an artist who's the main character and she goes down to complete a portrait of this wealthy man who's fallen into hard times and she's stuck on the island, no money. And so I thought that'll be fun. I'll just write it. And then I got into it and awesome. I, I couldn't actually stop. So I was like, don't talk to me. My agent, the agent don't talk to me. About the other you keep it right. <laughs> that was actually that's a, what a smart tactic too, like to distract yourself just yeah. dive right into a whole new project and and get immersed in that that's brilliant strategy i like it <laughs> it was the only thing that saved me from being a total pest so i thought this is work this works for everybody and i'm just gonna and then i had a new book and then you right. know i ran it through my writers group and feedback and all this normal things and then i gave it to my agent she loved it she said okay I, that, we'll do this one after this one so that's fabulous. Now wow. I'm going to stop for a while. I'm going to stop for a while and do other things. You think you're going to stop I, for a yeah, while. Yeah, and those, when those idea, those muses come to you, it's like you, you're, you're compelled, right? You're almost ordered yeah. to get back to work. So, but I, I get it. I totally get it. 
Um, so, but you, you never really rest because uh, I happen to see that you put out um, something called your weekly writing exercises. This is something you do every week for your subscribers, correct? Since 2008. That's yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Tell me a little bit about that, or I should say, tell, tell our, our viewers and listeners a little bit about that. Well, when I was teaching, I taught writing for several schools in the U.S. and for many, many years, about two decades. And my students would always have these incredible questions, you know, like really gnarly questions. And I would say I hadn't have time in class to answer them. So I said, I'm going to start a blog and you send me your questions and I'll just write an article every Friday and I'll answer your questions. And so uh, I I did. I started on Blogspot and I got all these subscribers and, you know, it was like, oh my God, this is actually working. And then I got so many subscribers, I had to move to a platform that could handle all the mm. all the addresses. And then finally, um, a friend of mine told me about Substack, which is a, a wonderful community because I really wanted to create more of a community feel with the exercises, like people would try them and then comment. You know, mm. so we have kind of a classroom there. So I moved to Substack in April and um, my subscriptions went, you know, way up. So I'm yeah, very like happy. thousands. There's thousands of yeah, subscribers thousands. on there. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I'm really happy with it. And every Friday is hard. I tell you, sometimes I just don't have it in me. And so I think, okay, what can I, and then something will come and I'll start to get into the writing of how to do, you know, like this last week was bad guys. How do you write villains mm -hmm. that are believable? Because a lot of people stereotype their villains. And I got this impression as I was writing a villain, for this novel that just came out that the act, um, the actual part of them that is longing for something is the thing that makes them human. So if you can find out what your villain really longs for, you can make them a little bit more, um, not necessarily relatable because they're not really relatable people, but at least more believable. And I, so I did an essay on that and it was, um, it's gotten very good response. So I think the, the idea is that you can um, get a very, kind of rhythm going with your pe with the people. And I love, love, love that. I love the whole idea of, um, you know, just having an audience, not an audience, but a, a group of readers that are going to, I don't know, carry me along. And I, I just, I just have a great time with it. Every week I, I sit down I and love it. I don't know what I'm going to write about. And then I come up with something. So I guess that's I'll fabulous. Not only is it it fun and and great for you, um, you know, the next amazing thing about that is that you're helping so many people spark their creativity, uh, you know, help help problem solve for them in their own writing. And I think that's such a huge gift. And and I think that is one of the things that I truly love the most about the the author community that I I have yet to meet. And I'm and I know they exist, but I've yet to meet an uh, a fellow author who isn't excited about and doesn't love sharing what they know. And I, I think that's such a, a great gift in itself to, um, to kind of pay it forward, you know, put the, put the hand, hand out, hand up and, and help the next ones up because there's room for everybody. And, uh, and there just can't be enough creativity in the world. So the more, the merrier, the more, the better, really. So that's wonderful. And I'm going to, and I think I put it, I did, I have it on here. So we're going to put that up um, and make sure you correct me if I have something wrong there. That is your website, right? Website. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'd be embarrassing if I put it up there and that wasn't no, right. I have to put it off you real got quick. the spelling no. right, which is unusual. People don't get the spelling right. Two R's, two L's, two O's. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Um, yeah. So, um, and everything is on there, correct? Your, your, um, your, your blog where they can subscribe for your, uh, weekly writing exercises, your books, of course. Um, do you have any events coming up? Are you doing any, any touring around at all for the books or is it mostly? I did in, in the fall, you know, and I'm now I'm home with my family for Christmas and just kind of settling in now. And, um, that's the until the next book starts. I think that's going to be my my way. Just do online stuff. But I had a really really fun time touring for this last book. It was just so fun. But now I'm I'm tired and I want to stay, you know, stay home. And, yes, and yes. <laughs> uh, listen, you earned it for sure. And especially with the holidays, there's nothing better than just being home and in a. I don't know if you're in a. I don't know if you're in a cold weather climate or a warm weather climate. I'm in a. I'm in a cold one, but uh, I go to Florida every month, so it's all good. Yeah, I don't mind the cold so much. Oh, yeah. it's so nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I loved hearing all about your books and, and your story. Thank you so, so much for coming on and chatting with me. I appreciate yeah, it. It was a delight. I appreciated all your encouragement too. I, I'm going away feeling even better about my book Yay. now. <laughs> good, good. I love that. That makes me so happy. Um, tell me you'll come back again when your next yeah. one is, is released. I would love to have you back if you would, sure. if you'd be willing, nothing like being put on the spot, right? <laughs> oh, I, I love it, Elsa. That would be a tr uh, treat for me. So after Wonderful. April, when it's out, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll get in touch. I appreciate that. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Have, have your people talk to my people. I don't have people. You have people. I don't have people. I'm I have people. one person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a one, I'm a one woman army over here. <laughs> oh, Mary Carol Moore. Thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. I hope you enjoyed this and you got so much art out of it. Get over to Mary's. I won't say Mary Carol. Get over to Mary's website and check out all the wonderful things she has on there. And uh, correct me again if I'm wrong, but uh, A Woman's Guide to Search and Rescue is also on audiobook, correct? It is. And the narrator is fabulous. I mean, it's, oh, worth, yeah. it's worth it just to get the narrator. She's so good. I had to audition all these people, but she is it. So oh, that's so cool. I love yeah. the audiobooks. I love I love a handheld book. I love all of them, to be honest with you. But the audiobook is a lifesaver when you're driving or cooking or you just can't, you know, hold a book and you can just listen to it. So I'm super excited. Thank you again. Me and uh, guys, we will see you in the next episode. Take care. <laughs>